It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. The song we come in with to open the show is a song called Judas by a band called Fozzy, led by Winnipeg's own Chris Jericho. And more on Jericho in a moment. We've got some fun news about him. But before we do anything, with that cold temperature we just announced and a week of cold temperatures ahead of us, you might be thinking, man, I got to get out of here. Well, I think Loren's thinking that because you are already <laughs> You're halfway somewhere. <laughs> I am through the security at the Winnipeg airport, the mm-hmm. security section where you have your bags checked. I'm at the departures lounge. The Skylight Lounge is not open yet for my morning Caesar. However, <laughs> there are a lot of people here, guys, and uh, I'm here to report from the airport today. I'm sad to say that I'm going... Not, not going anywhere. And I just said to you guys, sure I missed the flight aren't. to Puerto Vallarta. The Puerto Vallarta <laughs> flight left 30 minutes ago. But there's a couple other choices on the list. Maybe by 10 o'clock, I'll convince somebody to, you know, are you allowed to even just give tickets away this year anymore? I doubt it, right? You can't just take someone's ticket? Probably not. What's on the menu? What other uh, flights are, are heading out of town over the next uh, little bit there, Loren? Well, the problem with the choices is a lot of them are going north, which no offense to the great people of the north. I'm not interested in heading north right now. But um, you could go to Montreal. I could go to Toronto. I could go to Orlando later this morning. Cancun is up at 10.15. Calgary, if I wanted to do a little skiing, I just watched someone walk by with their skis, so I'm super jealous of that. You know, they have to do that extra check for, for their travel when you're traveling with skis. But I'm, uh, I'm excited just to be at the airport. When you're at the airport, it's where possibilities live in my mind, right? Maybe not today. But maybe someday I'll get to one of these destinations. And man, after two years of people not really going anywhere, guys, I was just looking at some of the numbers from 2019 to 2020. You know, like in three years ago, pre-pandemic, this is the, one of the busiest weeks of the year. 83,000 passengers went through this airport back in 2019. And then the pandemic hit and that plummeted to just 9,000 passengers in this pre-Christmas week. And so they're hoping to return to normal. And, you know, I might not be getting on a plane today, but I'm excited for those who are. I know when I'm sitting here and I'm looking over Brett's shoulder once the sun comes up, I can mm-hmm. see the planes taking off and I'm often wondering, where are those people going? Are they going somewhere warm? Are they connecting to somewhere, uh, you know, maybe in Calgary or Minneapolis and then going somewhere else? So, uh, yeah, the idea of the airport Brett being that location for possibilities, that's perfectly painted, Lorraine. And coming up at 7.35, I'm super excited to hear this because, Lorraine, you've been working on this for a while. But uh, we're going to talk about the the mixed emotions on the hug rug. Well, I think this is a time of year for reunions. And they might be reunions you want to have. They might be reunions you've been looking to have for a couple of years. Sometimes they come when you don't necessarily want them. But for years now, I have always wanted to just go sit at arrivals you know, with a camera or with my recorder or with my microphone and ask people what their story is. Because inevitably you have people getting off the plane where there's just huge hugs or there are tears or there are no hugs. And you're like, oh boy, those two don't like each other. And you're trying to figure out what the dynamic is, right? And everybody's family is different. It might be family. It might be friends getting together. But I spent a, honestly, not, I came to the airport uh, last week just to gather some sound. And it took me, i just over 10 minutes to get just these crazy, incredible stories of love and loss and new beginnings and endings. And so 737, I'm hoping, will bring you sort of the the emotions you're looking for this time of year. Because, of course, we have Christmas approaching fast, just a few days away. But it's it's Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to those out there who are starting their uh, their season of love and giving as well. So much to discuss today on travel getting back to normal, much to discuss on reunions. And at 6.45, we're actually going to expand that conversation and tell you how you can win some stuff. But off the top, we mentioned Chris Jericho, who is, of course, uh, one of the biggest wrestlers in the history of this planet. He's from Winnipeg, and he is going to be on this radio station today, Mr. Mackling. Coming up on Jets at Noon with Jim Toth and Cameron Poitras, just sitting in the newsroom this morning, and Cam casually mentions the fact that, oh, yeah, we're having Jericho on the show today. I'm like, what? (laughs) Why isn't this uh, being shouted from the rooftops? Chris Jericho, as proud of Winnipeggers there is anywhere on the planet. He is one of the great ambassadors for our city, 
And his AWE, the All Elite Wrestling, is coming to Winnipeg in March. They're doing a huge show here, including another Winnipegger who continues to put Winnipeg on the map, in particular in the wrestling world, Kenny Omega. And so these two have an incredible history with one another. It's St. James versus Transcona. It's Greg Mackling versus Brett McGear. <laughs> is what it is. Jericho's, now, hang on. What? Is, is he coming through the airport? Maybe I should nab him before Jets at noon and just, you know, hi, hi, like hijack that interview with theirs. I don't know if he's here for Christmas. I guess there's a chance Jericho's okay. here to All see right. his family for Christmas, but uh, <laughs> I can't say for sure. So keep an eye open, Loren. You just might see him. He you is. Just might nab- Go ahead, Loren. Go ahead, Brett. No, no, I'm just mumbling to myself at this stage. So. <laughs> okay. He is the Ocho. He is the Demo God. He is Le Champion. Chris Jericho going to be on Jets at noon at 1210. So make sure you tune in for that. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And on the subject of the airport, Mr. Greg, what is our question of the day at CJOB.com? As we head into the heart of the holidays, is travel for you or loved ones part of the mix? Yes. Friends or family are coming here. Yes. I'm escaping the cold. No, not until the new year. Or no, not going anywhere. I think we covered all the bases there at CJOB.com. For credit aid, struggling with debt, call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. And there's the question. Are you heading somewhere this holiday season? Are you expecting company? At the Winnipeg International Airport, this is one of the busiest weeks of the year. And guys, I'm down at the arrival section right now, and it seems like this might be one of the busiest times of the day. There's lots of people getting ready to board some flights to all destinations unknown. We've got Mexico on the table later this morning. We've got Calgary, Montreal, of course, Thompson, the Paw, all sorts of places you can head. And really, at this time of year, you know, this is one of the busiest times of year for the Winnipeg Airport Authority and for the International Airport. And they're hoping to get back to travel that they saw pre-pandemic, right? 2019, some 83,000 passengers traveled through the airport for this pre-Christmas Day week. Then that plummeted to 9,800 the following year, the first year of the pandemic. And this year, they're expecting as many as 70,000 travelers this week. And so for more, I'm joined by Michelle Rossette, Manager of Communications with the Winnipeg Airport Authority. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Well, let's talk a little bit about travel being back. Maybe not in a full big way just yet, but we're getting there. And I think a lot of people will look back on this last year and think, this year was a struggle for travel, but it was also a year for hope because people were finally able to get back to normal. What are we seeing at the airport when it comes to departures being on time, arrivals, luggage, and all the rest? Well, we're seeing a lot of those things get back in line uh, as we kind of progress throughout the year. Of course, the year started very low with uh, the Omicron variant uh, still affecting air travel and the air travel industry. But as the year progressed and we saw the summer travel season, one of our busier times of the year come through, we saw some some big numbers, those numbers closer to the pandemic uh, that we saw in 2019. And, and as we're heading into the holiday season, we're expecting some big days again. Of course, this Thursday and Friday, December 22nd, 23rd, are expected to be our busiest days of the year, our busiest days in almost three years since Mm. 2019, with about 12,000 passengers uh, traveling through the terminal each uh, day. So um, a lot of excitement, a lot of... uh, uh, here at the airport and uh, among travelers as they're going off to see those people in places that they love. Uh, of course, uh, in comparison to pre-pandemic numbers, though, we're still a ways off because in 2019, our busiest days around the holidays, we saw about 15,000. So we're getting there. We're on the right path, but we still got a ways to go. So I give myself some extra time this week, no matter what. I mean, because you are getting busier and those flights, you know, that I've been on this year, they're they're really booked. And so you want to have that time to get through security, for example. Absolutely. One of the big, big things to keep in mind, uh, especially this week, week is to arrive at the airport early. So if you're traveling domestically within Canada, come about two hours before your departure time. If you're heading off to the United States or one of those sunny winter uh, destinations, Mexico or Cuba or so forth, uh, three hours before departure is a good uh, a good rule of thumb. I've seen people this morning with flip-flops on because they're probably going to Mexico. So they've been wearing their shorts and sandals. I saw someone carrying skis. So they're clearly going maybe Calgary or other, Michelle. And then of course, that's people leaving. We're in the departures area. In the arrival section, in about an hour time I'm going to play some audio that I gathered of people coming uh, to Winnipeg meeting their loved ones maybe for the first time in months years all sorts of different scenarios there's that hug rug at the bottom of the escalator at arrivals that's for domestic travelers but you've added a new hug rug this year for the international section tell me about that yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, shortly after our LAX route kind of uh, took off at the end of October, uh, we were hearing a lot from, from travelers that 
they were they were missing out on those reunions, the hug rug reunion, we should say, because they're still hugging, they're still embracing travelers who are coming in from an international destination, but they weren't having that hug rug moment outside the customs hall. So um, with international travel picking up and, of course, our sun destinations, we have more than a dozen uh, different sun destinations uh, this year, this winter, um, we decided to add a second hug rug in the arrivals hall. So on top of the one that you've always known at the bottom of the escalator, domestic escalator. We now have one outside the customs hall just so uh, everybody can enjoy those hug rug moments. It's a coveted space. And so we'll share some of that audio in about an hour's time, guys. But before we let Michelle go, he was sharing with me just, you know, the idea that at this time of year, it's not easy for everyone. There's all sorts of emotions. It might be hard travel you're doing. You might be coming to visit someone that you haven't seen in a while. You might be excited for travel. But he was saying to me that, uh, whenever you're having a bad day, you might want to head down to the arrival section. Tell me some of the stories you've seen in the last few weeks alone. Well, even in the last few months, ever since we brought back the hug rug after a couple of years in storage, um, there's been countless memories being made in our arrival hall. And that's a big thing that we do here at Winnipeg Richardson International Airport is, is we're proud to allow people to connect with the people in the places that they love. So whether it's your family, friends, or loved ones that you haven't seen in a while, it's, it's just those heartwarming moments on the hug rug. Um, this summer, we saw somebody who was standing at the bottom of the hug rug with three happy birthday balloons and I asked him I'm like oh are you, are you expecting three different people coming in to celebrate their birthday and for them it was no we haven't had a chance to connect and and celebrate a birthday with my best friend for three years so this year this summer we're celebrating all three at once and that's why she was holding three happy birthday balloons a couple weeks ago three balloons for the three missed birthdays three balloons for the three missed birthdays exactly a couple a uh, couple days ago we saw two little girls just embrace and not let go of each other for a couple moments in the hug rug because they haven't seen each other in in a year or two and this is these are two girls who have grown up with each other their their moms talking to them they've grown up best friends for life and now their kids are are starting down that same path so it's it's really those heartwarming moments that you see at the hug rug each and every day and, and it's what we're proud to do is to allow people to connect it's all about the connection guys and so in an hour we'll talk more about the hugs that happened that i when i was here but it's a coveted space greg you were just sharing a photo that you had from your last hug rug reunion yeah that was back in november of 2018 when i was in finland and when i came home my my boys had made the the welcome home signs, and the whole fam was there, and and some friends. It was uh, it was a, a nice welcome home, and so you never imagine that you're going to be the guy that has the the limousine with the limousine driver with your name <laughs> on the side at the bottom of the of the escalator but that's about as close as i'm ever going to get and it's yeah it's such a special place uh for reunions whether you've been away for a week or you haven't seen each other for two or three years a hundred percent so we'll have a lot more from the airport this morning guys i want to thank michelle Rosette, winnipeg airport authority for the time this morning he started bright and early with me guys so he was here 5 a.m i think so thank you appreciate it you're welcome Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, Tyson Ruicki in for producer Jeff Forte and Master Control. Jeff Braun is here. Cam Poitras is here. By the way, in case you missed it earlier, Cam Poitras and Jim Toth are going to have Chris Jericho on Jets at Noon just after the 12 o'clock news. Loren McNabb, where are you broadcasting from this morning? Oh, I am sitting near the Prairie Bistro, a restaurant that opens bright and early at the Winnipeg Airport. As you cross through security, maybe you're heading to parts unknown this morning. You've got a flight booked for business or fun or what have you. I'm sitting here watching everyone come through security as they go off to what I hope is going to be a great week for many. We're broadcasting live from the airport all morning. So at 7.35, Lorena has put together a feature on reunions and the hug rug. We're excited to hear that. Uh, but let's use that as a launch pad to talk about reunions. Do you have a story about a, an emotional reunion or maybe a funny story of a reunion? Like I remember my, my RBF, my resting Brett face got me <laughs> at the hug rug. I was smiling. But it wasn't like a it was like a full smile. It was just kind of like a smirk smile. And the person gets to the hug rug and says, "You're not even smiling. Like you haven't seen me for a few days. Like come on." You just yeah. ruined her moment or their moment. They're coming down that escalator, Brett. All they want is the loving face. I know. You know? I know. I'm so happy to see I, you. I failed. Um, <laughs> next time, send me a list of things that are deemed acceptable at the hug rug, and I will make sure that I follow through. <laughs> well, uh, a smile at least, for goodness sakes. And, we're made, and you don't have to tell a travel-related reunion story if you got something else. So let's go around the horn here. Poitras, why don't we start with you and uh, happy Hanukkah, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Um... 
Yeah, I mean, the best reunion that I, I can think of was when the family, uh, like I met my brother and my best friend Luke, we went down to Nashville one time, and this was when I was living away. Um, and so, like, that was a time when, uh, you know, the two, like, I had gone on a vacation by myself, you know, like it was like making plans, me, my buddy, Shane, we're going to head down to, to Nashville. And I was working in Calgary and they were both here and, uh, yeah, meeting them at the Airbnb and probably the most fun I've ever had in like a three day, four day stretch, um, I've ever had. I won't get into detail. I probably couldn't get in trouble here on the air, but, um, I remember that when we were leaving and I was saying goodbye, I was, you know, I was up, it wasn't, and I had, they had to catch it an earlier flight and, um, and I had to kind of stay there a little bit, but we were so like void of nutrition. Uh, I remember this salad that I ate at the airport and the three of us were like, we just have to have salad. We have to eat salad. And this was, it was a crappy airport salad, but it was so good. And my body was just like, thank you, Cameron. You've, I've needed this for days. What the heck have you been shoveling, uh, inside me? What have you been shoveling inside yourself the last few days? Mm, more um, pouring, I imagine. Uh, there was some of that. Yeah. I w- I'm not going to lie. There was, uh, quite a bit of that, some Tennessee barbecue and mm. fried chicken and all that good stuff. But, uh, I love great, when you it was say a great time. I love when you say that I was living away. You sound like you're from Newfoundland when you say that I was living <laughs> away. I was living away. <laughs> Jeff Braun, what about you, sir? I was coming down the escalator at the airport one time, probably about 10 years ago or maybe 15 years ago, and I was just fully expecting no one to be there, and I was just going to get in the cab and go home. And I look down, and I see an aunt and uncle from out of town and a couple of my cousins also from out of town. And I was like, are they here to pick me up and drive me home? That makes no sense. And as it turns out, another cousin of mine had been on the same plane as me from Montreal all the way to Winnipeg, and I'd walked past them like three times to go on my bathroom breaks and... He was like, I wasn't sure if it was you, and I hadn't seen him at all or whatever. But uh, so we'd been on the same flight, and we met on the on the hug ride after that when the plane landed, and the, I got a free ride home. So it was all it was good trip. <laughs> what about you, Mackling? Oh boy, I guess the best one. You know, you mix the good and the bad. Well, my mom passed away, and her funeral. I was just blown away at the number of people that came from. Not only from junior high school, from high school, from my time in Brandon and just people I hadn't seen in absolutely forever. And so you're in this heightened state of emotion to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then you hear, see these people you haven't seen sometimes for a decade or two. And it was it was super special. It was uh, it was the gift. That's the gift of the of the funeral. Right. Yeah. Of the commiseration is reconnecting with people a that you haven't seen in a long time and people that you never, ever would have imagined would take time out of there. It was happened to be Labor Day weekend, the yeah. Sunday of Labor Day weekend. So that was that was that was emotional without having to mention a, a list of names. That was that was a special day. One of the hardest days of my life. Became one of the most special days. Yeah, of I was my talking life. to that about with my wife actually just just last night about how, you know, I don't know what it is about humanity or whatever it is, but sometimes it, it takes a funeral and everybody to get together to realize how much everybody missed each other. And I wish we weren't like that. Yeah. Well said. Well yeah. said. Loren McNabb at the airport. What about you? Oh, there's so many. I think that probably every reunion I've had in the last two and a half years through this pandemic has been pretty special because I'm really close with my family and not being able to see them has been hard. And some of them have been, you know, a matter of two or three years that you've gone without seeing them because they live overseas. And others have been really close. And I and I think back to the start of the pandemic where my grandma lives in western Manitoba and I visit her regularly. And then you hit that period where you couldn't and you had no options and she's just elderly and you're trying to think of all the ways to keep her safe and it's one of those things just like cam said you don't know what you've got until it's gone or until it's taken away from you and the first time i was able to hug my grandma was uh, for her 95th birthday man maybe it's just because she has nine plus decades of figuring out how to give a good hug but it was so missed and so needed and that that you know like the smell of cookies makes you feel good the warmth that just spread through my body that day carried me forward for a long time so it was really only you know a four month space between a hug and no hug and then a hug again and it was too darn long so that stands out for me for sure that's a good one and uh tyson ruicki at master control what about you yeah i don't have a, like a specific uh reunion story but one of my other buddies just came back from toronto and he that's where he goes to school and so we all got together on the weekend and we, you know, we, we had a great time. But then after, if you asked me, oh, so what's new with so-and-so? 
It'd be like, oh, I, n- I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what, he, what he's been doing lately. Like, well, didn't you just hang out with him last night? Yeah, but we had a great time. And don't know any, don't know what he's doing though. Just, just know that we had a great time. So Tyson, Tyson, you're supposed to get into like emotional, long conversations about you know his deep inner thoughts and stuff like that. Like my wife gets on my case about that about my, me and my brothers, and she says like you guys don't know anything about each other. It's like you just spent a whole day together. It's like, well, yeah, we talked about the Jets and yeah. uh, movies and quoted Lord of the Rings and stuff like yeah. that. That's, and that's made, the important. And stuff. I made fun of his clothes and exactly. the fact that yeah. he's uh, never changed style. I have no idea what's going on in, in actual. It could be a gender thing there and I don't want to throw that out there but I do feel like that I that conversation happens a lot in households where the partner will come home and you'll ask those questions like well how are they doing how are the kids oh we didn't get around to talking about their they kids they have kids <laughs> 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 well how long has it been since you saw him Tyson uh, it's been about probably six months now ah, well that's it you see you come that's in with I don't reunion. have a specific reunion yeah. story yeah that's a that's a, spe- a specific reunion story <laughs> very specific actually yeah and like for example on Friday I hung out with my friend Mike and I see him all the time especially during golf season but we haven't seen each other since September but it wasn't the fact that we got together that was the reunion it was the way we did it because we for years we go we make a point of going out in December to get some December drinks and we pick a neighborhood and we hit as many spots as we can so we don't just stay at one spot so we were like billy from family circus on friday we started at the forks we ended up at hotel fort gary uh, we tried earls on main packed ended up at shark club and then we booted it over into the exchange to the king's head to close out the have night. you ever been there before it's a really neat spot yeah i don't know i, I my friend says hey you want to try this king's head place i'm like oh sure that sounds fun but um good things but we haven't done that since 2019 you know, 2020 I've killed that, and I think last year we could have, but uh, I don't. I think he just his schedule didn't work or whatever. So it was nice to be able to get out and do that again, and uh, and it was a good reminder. Like I really got to uh, talk to. I've gotten so used to just being the, you know working in a studio alone and not like I've mm-hmm. kind of shut myself out from a lot of the world, and I need to start talking to my friends more again. <laughs> It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Loren McNabb is broadcasting live this morning from the airport. Lots to discuss on that after Global News at 7.30. She's put together a feature on the Hug Rug and the reunions at the Hug Rug. So we're looking forward to hearing that. But right now, we want to talk about the rules. Because the rules for travel, Loren, have changed a lot over the last few years. Oh, my goodness. You know, what do you need to know when you cross the border, whether it's by land or by air? And, of course, I'm down at the arrivals. No, departures. I keep mixing up which section I'm in. I'm at departures (laughs) where people are crossing through security to go somewhere. In a half an hour, I'm going to share stories from people who have come from somewhere. But, you know, you might be going to Cancun this morning. You could go to Orlando this morning, but you're going to have to come back at some point. You're going to have to cross border. You're going to have to have your passport ready, depending on where you go. So Angela Young is the Chief of Operations for the Canadian Border Services Agency and joins us this morning. Hi, Angela. Good morning, Lauren. So a a lot of different rules over the past couple of years. Before we get into what we need now, that had to have been a real challenge when you think of keeping up with the different changes, sometimes daily, maybe weekly, but double checking to make sure you were in line with the different federal, provincial, whatever standards that might have been in place. Oh, for sure. Like throughout the pandemic, we were basically checking emails, checking, you know, directives daily. Like we were trying to keep up with things. It was difficult. But, uh, you know, and if it was difficult for us, how did the travelers feel? So, yeah, things have really relaxed and they're manageable. And we're really looking forward to a great holiday season this year with travelers. Yeah, Winnipeg Airport hoping travel picks back up, maybe not to pre-pandemic levels, but hoping to get closer each and every day as people look to get back together. And as you mentioned, it was a challenge for you. If I'm someone heading out the door today or planning to travel this week, particularly to cross a border, what should I be considering? Because I might be traveling with gifts. I might be thinking about going with food. I was just saying to you, I wanted to cross the border Friday with pierogies. And then I thought, "Uh uh-oh, am I allowed to do that? So what should I be thinking about? So there's many things to think about, but just to try to keep it simple, um, the first thing when you're heading out the door is try to make sure you have proper ID documents. So, you know, a passport when you're traveling is pretty crucial nowadays. Good, a good item to have. Um, Make sure when you're traveling that, you know, you're keeping track. If you're, if, you're, if you're a resident of Canada and you're visiting another country, you know, keeping track of what you're spending and bringing back. So any goods that are purchased acquired or acquired, you know, keeping your receipts and making sure you know the value of the goods that you're bringing back when you come back to Canada. Um, 
we have a new advanced uh, deck, like an advanced declaration for travelers. It's, it's a wonderful new thing. So you used to go on the plane, you'd be in a different country, you'd come back, you'd have to fill out that piece of paper before you entered the country. What this, this app replaces that piece of paper? It does, and it is marvelous. Um, the piece of paper was an E311. It was a, you know, a card that people used to fill out on the aircraft to kind of put their, their name, birthday, details, all their declaration, and make the declaration. So they would carry that to customs. Now we have this awesome thing where you know, people can go on to what was previously the, um, uh, the ArriveCan app, but the ArriveCan app has now been converted to take customs declarations. So uh, travelers can go up to 72 hours before their, their journey to Canada, and they can go onto an app. They can download it on a, you know, a tablet or do it on their computer. Same thing as what we used to do with ArriveCan, but they go on there and they can put in their whole declaration. So everything that they're bringing, um, how long they've been gone, and then the way it would work is they come off the aircraft and they can go into the customs area. They use like an automated machine where they just scan their passport and the screen literally says, oh, you've already made your declaration. Did you want to change anything? And if you say no, it spits out the card and you go to customs. I don't have to do this because of COVID. This is just about traveling and having your documents on an app rather than having to write everything out. Correct. Now, we are trying to phase this in. Right now, this is at the larger airports, so it's available at Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. Uh, it's now available at Winnipeg. Um, it's phasing in slowly at all the airports. So not every airport that you land in will have it right now, but we're hoping to phase it in fairly quickly so that it's available for travelers. It is it is excellent. It speeds up the process quite a bit. Um, it is not mandata- mandatory. However, we really encourage it to keep lines moving quickly. Sure. There's nothing so, worse when you land at your destination and you're excited to go out and meet your family or have those hugs and then you are stuck in a line and you could have speeded it up, sped it up by oh, having yeah. some of the technology. I'm wondering, you know, let's talk about gifts for a second because this is a reminder that goes out every year and yet still people go through security, go through customs, cross borders with wrapped presents. That's a big no-no. It, you know, it's it's a hard thing to answer. Like everybody loves to wrap presents. That's, that's what a present is, right? But for us, it's really challenging because when we want to, you know, verify the declaration, when they say this is a gift, we, tip, we basically have to unwrap it to see what it is and to verify that it's admissible. So my recommendation to travelers is please don't wrap the gifts. Um, just bring them as they are. You know, if you want to bring some extra wrapping paper in, on the side, that's fine. But do not wrap the gifts because it's heartbreaking when we have to open them. And we don't like to do that. But. Unless it's my wrap job. I'm a terrible wrapper. So I might, <laughs> that might be a gift to me. Before we let you go, Angela, are you still surprised that, the, you know, we, we're an increasingly aware society. We can go online if we want to figure out what the rules are. But as you mentioned, they, they change a lot. It's hard to keep up. Are you surprised the number of times you stop somebody coming or going in and out of the country and say, sorry, you can't take that with you or you can't bring that in here? Do you know what? When I first started, I used to be surprised, but I'm not anymore because you have such a wide spectrum of travelers. You know, you have the people that are traveling every day. They're in a hurry. They forgot. People who are like on their first time journey somewhere. Uh, Some people where, you know, they're not really sure. So they just try to bring whatever they want and then they think they can just, you know, they'll explain it. So it never really surprises me anymore. But I think the best thing that travelers can do is to educate themselves ahead of time. You know, we have many different ways. We have a border information services line, like a 1-800 number that people can call. We also have like a website that people can go to, the www.cbsa.gc.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's travel, like www.travel.gc.ca. So all of these, like the CBSA site and the travel site for the federal government, give wonderful like links. You because can this is a stressful time of year. You're excited to get someplace, but people's emotions are already maybe at a heightened level and you don't want to be stopping them and saying you have the wrong thing or the wrong item or not the right piece of ID, right? Exactly. So if they can just go online, spend that five, ten minutes, I'm sure there's somebody in their family that'd be happy to do that, you know, or a friend and they can be educated, they can come to the border, they can be ready, lines can move quickly and we can make sure everyone has a really great holiday season. Angela Young, Chief of Operations for Canadian Border Services Agency, thank you. Thank you very much, Lauren. And on behalf of CBSA, I hope everyone has a happy holidays. I'm crossing the border later this week, potentially, guys. And uh, I'll let you know if the pierogies are a go. If that's allowed. Hey, Lauren, you <laughs> might want to keep an eye open for that gift wrap station that they have. In... I'm right beside it right now, actually. Oh, well, so like, there you it... go. So if, yeah. you, if you come there, don't wrap your gifts. And then <laughs> you have a bunch of time on your hands while you're waiting to get on your plane. Then you can wrap your gifts courtesy of the... Winnipeg Airport Authority. I came through security this morning, guys, with all my gear, and I thought, why didn't I bring all my presents? I could have used the commercial brakes much more effectively and wrapped some presents here. So. They supply the wrapping paper? It's all there. There's the wrapping tape, paper, and the tape is here. I actually moved it to sort of come closer to me to, to block the entrance here because I don't want people to trip over all my cords, and then I thought, hang on, this is a full wrap station. 
I'm going to do it like, what's the scene in uh, Love Actually with Mr. Bean? (laughs) You know, like fancy fancy up a present with a sprig of cinnamon. (laughs) A sprig of cinnamon. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that scene. That's a Hall of Famer. (laughs) It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb as we talk about... Oh, and Loren's going to sit this one out, Tyson, just in case uh, she didn't tell you. Loren's at the airport this morning, and we're talking about traveling again. We're talking about reunions, and while not an in-person reunion, it's always nice at this time of year, Mr. Mackling, when we get, which we got a couple of days ago last week, Christmas cards from a certain awesome Winnipegger. Yes, I, I always say that Christmas is on like Donkey Kong when you get a card from Dancing Gabe. Dancing Gabe Langlois. So, Gabe, if you're listening this morning, thank you very much for the Christmas cards to the newsroom. Last week, we've been meaning, as you said, to send this shout out to Gabe, but uh, I think I was messing that up with with, uh, my funky schedule last week. So, uh, Gabe, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, We really appreciate you you thinking about us. And I also wanted to just say quickly thanks to listener Tammy V, who sends a Christmas card now. I think this is going on three years and uh, once again, she included uh, a four-pack of uh, guest passes for Larder's Golf Course. Oh, she's wonderful. A, yeah. I, I haven't seen that <laughs> Christmas card she's myself. A, she's a member at the course, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, for a couple of years, she's parted ways with some guest passes for me and Tammy. Thank you very That's much. Sweet. Those will be very much enjoyed. So thanks for that. And a reminder that we want you to tell us a story at 204-780-6868 about a reunion that you've had, whether it's a reunion with family or friends you haven't seen for a while, or uh, like maybe they live somewhere else, or maybe just here in in one of, maybe you just haven't seen somebody in a while, but you had a a special kind of reunion. Um, 204-780-6868 for a chance to win tickets to see the Manitoba Moose versus the Texas Stars on January 21st. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. Greg, after Global News at 8.30. Big, big, big weekend in sports. It was a huge weekend. The Jets played twice this weekend on the West Coast. They went one and one. But, of course, probably worldwide, the biggest story, the World Cup, one of the best football soccer matches of all time, probably going to go down as the greatest World Cup final, maybe one of the greatest championship games of all time. National Football League, a bunch of comebacks over the weekend, crazy comebacks. And the Canadian Football League uh, suffered uh, a very sad loss. The Edmonton Elks, one of their young stars, uh, was shot and killed in uh, Tennessee this weekend. Derek Taylor will join us. Voice of the Blue Bombers, first time since the Grey Cup, I think, since we've spoken to Derek. And that is a troubling note from the Canadian Football League. And before we talk more about travel and reunions, Loren, uh, as it pertains to crime concerns in Winnipeg, uh, we're getting we're going to talk more about this in the next 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, but some great feedback on our text line from Nancy. Oh, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? No, it sounds like um, it sounds hello, like. Hello, hello. Can the, you hear me? Yeah, now we can. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what happened there, but I just hit a magical button and here we are. So, of course, we've been talking about downtown crime and crime in general throughout the year. And, and in particular, of the last week, what's going on at the Millennium Library and on the website right now for the city. We had understood it was supposed to reopen today. The notice that's on the website says that the library remains closed and no reopening date has been established. And so we're trying to figure out what's going on in terms of what the way forward might be for the Millennium Library. But we had Nancy text in to say, I know they are keeping the library closed to assess. Here's the assessment. You have a youth problem in the city that needs to be fixed. I suggest working with schools as they know the kids better than anyone. That is, if they attend. If they don't, the government needs to start doing something with those kids. And I think we've been hearing courses like that, Greg, over the past few months because, you know, the homicide that took place at the Millennium Library saw several young people arrested over the weekend. We had uh, an incident where someone was shot at uh, on Main Street at 7.25 p.m. near a vendor at 7:25 p.m. there's shots fired and again a 15-year-old has been arrested in connection with that and we've been asking the question is something going on with our youth 
what can we do about that? And, and is there anything that's going on with maybe gangs or criminals in the city that's targeting young people to to act out some of these things? Because it's shocking week by week how often we're hearing about really young people doing really terrible things, Greg. Yeah, we've had this conversation several times on our program, trying to get to the bottom of this to find out what the source is. And and uh, Nancy also mentioning the idea of, you know, are they going to school? I know a lot of folks, a lot of important people at the heart of this issue think truancy is a big concern in our city with regard to people who need to be in school people who are supposed to be in school not being in school brett so we'll have more on this to discuss through the morning on the start but loren McNabb is broadcasting live from the airport this morning because as many as seventy thousand passengers will make their way through richardson international airport this week travel is back and in a big way and right across this country so are some long-awaited reunions with family and friends loren but i think no matter the time of year you know and i'm sitting here as people get ready to go off on their trips of the week uh, go off to meet people for holidays no matter the time of year what perhaps matters the most in the moment that you get off the plane and step forward to talk to a loved one or friend or or the moment that you're waiting for that loved one to get off the plane is that connection right there's might be a handshake a hug there's the heart that goes into it and a few days ago i swung by the arrival section at the winnipeg airport this is what i heard he knows exactly who he's waiting for who's coming my dad even if he doesn't know how long his dad has been gone. She's coming right now. <laughs> has it been a couple of days, a couple of weeks? A couple yeah. of weeks. At five years old, those details don't matter. After all, William is standing on what's known as the hug rug at Winnipeg Airport. And he's come with a plan. Are you going to give him a huge hug? Yeah. <laughs> and I said in the car, if I see him, I'll run to him. It's that time of year for hugs. A time of year to cue that music. Know the tune. It plays during that scene in Love Actually where friends, loved ones, family are meeting and greeting one another at the airport. Hugging, laughing, even crying along the way. I'll go home in about an hour and I'll be talking to my wife for about two hours about everything that's happened to me today. That's Haas Scholl. He's one of the airport's Goldwing ambassadors. It's a volunteer position, but Haas is quick to volunteer. His soul is well paid. Filled with all sorts of stories that have brought light into some of the darkest moments of the past few years. Like the tale of a young man who recently returned to the airport after fleeing war-torn Ukraine. And he was reserving the hug rug. He was chasing, literally chasing people off the hug rug because he wanted to save it. As Haas understands it, the man had made Winnipeg his home and was now back at arrivals waiting for his girlfriend's plane. And as she was coming down the escalator, he had an engagement ring. He pulled it out of his pocket and he stood on, uh, on the hug rug. And when she came down, he got on his, he got on his knees. And by this time, there was three, three flights had come in. And they were all around here, and literally everybody knew the story. And everybody was like... And then she came down on the hug rug in front of him, and he proposed to her. And she accepted, and the the whole place broke out. It's like (laughs) the best job in the world, It was the neatest thing that happened in all the years that I... And I've been here for 12 years. But no joke, in a matter of 12 minutes... I witnessed some incredible scenes. Who are we here to meet today? My son Luke and his wife Lindsay and Franklin. I saw you wiping away tears, yeah. so I had to come over and ask what's going on. A new baby. A new baby. <laughs> and I didn't know. Oh my gosh, so you're just learning this right now? Yeah. In Nancy Edwards' hands, the photo of an ultrasound telling her she is about to be a grandma again. You made your mom cry. Yeah, yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> oh, I've had a hard year. I've had cancer and my mom died and... <laughs> So this is great. Intent on finding that joy, which is easier said than done. Not every airport reunion goes the way it was originally planned. What's your grandma's name? Hobo. Can you give your grandma a good hug for me? Oh, that's a good one. That's so sweet. Back near the hug rug, I meet Shirley Shea. She lives in India and hasn't seen her grandkids since 2019. How does it feel to give your grandkids a hug? 
oh, so wonderful, you know. <laughs> yeah, the... A reunion three years in the making, but bittersweet. Moments after that hug, her son Chris tells me the plan was for both his mom and dad to be here for this holiday. His dad passed away unexpectedly last month. We planned to have Christmas together, and dad was supposed to be here with us, and um, we just... No, one way I'm sad to what happened, and one way I'm so happy I'm coming to be with my son. Finding comfort in the small things. As airport ambassador Haas says, there is room in arrivals for all emotions. This is the happiest place at the airport. No matter what the reunion is. No matter is. what happens. Which brings us back to young William. He just came down and I ran up. Remember his plan? A little hug that's left his dad feeling pretty big. It feels very good. Having their little hands on your face is, uh, is probably one of the best things. Do hugs make you feel good? Yeah. I got red. At the Winnipeg Airport arrivals section uh, just a week or so ago, guys, and, and honestly, I, I'm no joke, was here maybe 10 minutes and gave all that sound, and I'm grateful for people sharing their stories, but also just the idea that I get it. At this time of year, at any time of year, that reunion is maybe not all you thought it was going to be or all it was cracked up to be, but the, the love that you can still find, I mean, I love it here. I might just stay overnight. <laughs> It's pretty emotional, Loren. Thanks for gathering that. Those stories, they whether you're directly involved in those stories or not, you're probably relating as you listen to them, relating it to an experience you've had or an experience that you crave, one that you maybe have been been wanting for some time. And so the the gamut of emotions was apparent in that piece. Thanks, McNabb. Excellent work, Loren. Excellent work. And Today, we're talking reunions and road trips and airport travel. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the psychology behind the hug, the science. Why do some love hugs and why do some hate them? We actually want to know, are you a hugger? On the subject of reunions, for example, we kind of had a reunion here on Thursday. We had our big staff lunch and there were people here who I haven't seen since the before times, including Carrie from accounting. Yeah, like two and a half years I haven't seen Carrie in accounting, and she gives great hugs. So, of course, I went running down the hall when I saw her and gave her a big hug, and she gave me a big hug, and we brought it in tight and went went for, like, a good 10 seconds, and it wasn't creepy or weird at all. So, yeah, it was uh, really it was nice to see her again and get a hug because I remember her saying, I think the new policy is we're not allowed to give each other hugs or something. This was back when we, we still had to do distancing and whatnot, and I said, I don't care. If I see you, you're going to hug. I wonder what that magic time is on the hug like is there a threshold for a amount of time like as to whether or not it they becomes have uncomfortable studied this greg really this has been studied and we're going to get into it tomorrow with a psychologist uh, oh. overseas in germany about what they studied and you might be surprised i think well i'm not going to give anything away people can weigh in tomorrow and then you might be even more surprised to hear brett's thoughts on what makes a good hug okay because i thought he'd just turn away <laughs> he's not a turner wear It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Loren McNabb broadcasting live this morning from the airport, and we will hear from the president of the Winnipeg Airports Authority at 8.50 with a question, are we back at pre-pandemic travel levels yet? What is the future at the airport? But in the meantime, it was quite the weekend in the world of sports. Now, we're not going to cover or speak about any baseball here, but we are going to try and cover as many bases as possible. We welcome back to the start the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor, DT. Good morning. Good morning. I don't think we've spoken since uh, since Grey Cup. We had that great road trip together. Were you ghosting me or anything like that? Were everything cool? Greg, you know what you did on the ride home. So let's not even let's not even get into that. Come on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was between you and I. Exactly. All right. Fair enough. Hey, World Cup. I know you're a huge football fan, huge soccer fan. Uh, one of the best championship games of all time. Yesterday, France or France and Argentina. I, I I spent a lot of yesterday trying to figure out anything that even comes close. And there's there's some examples, but. 
normally in a, in a World Cup final, because it's such a such a huge game, you know, they're normally played really close to the vest and very tight. But Argentina gets out and just is attacking uh, France right from the beginning, despite the fact Argentina is the underdog, not giving them any space. They get up two nothing at halftime, and usually two nothing is, is the end of the game. But then all of a sudden, the final twenty minutes, here comes France, the defending champions, and. Here's a goal from Kylian Mbappe, their 24-year-old star. And then, oh, 90 seconds later, he scores another one. And then and they go to extra time, 30 extra minutes. And here's a goal from Argentina. Oh, they're going to win. Oh, France gets one back. This is unbelievable. And then they go to penalties. And France kicks first in penalties, which is the death knell usually for the other team. It's such an enormous advantage. But the Argentinian keeper just stands on his head. And all of a sudden, it's just it was two-plus hours of just – one of the greatest games in any sport you're going to see ever. Like, I had to dig back to 1994 of, well, what about Game 7 or that Stanley Cup final and the, the Rangers win their first cup in 50 years? Does that compare? I, I just, I, I pray I'm long, I'm, I'm around long enough to, to see a game that good again. Argentina, now the World Cup champions, and Lionel Messi, one of the greatest players of all time, finally gets his World Cup, and everybody can get off his back for not doing what Pele had done. It was it was an incredible way to start a Sunday. So great to see those scenes of joy, too. And and just a reminder for our listeners, you might hear announcements going off in the background because I'm at the Winnipeg airport talking about travel today for 680 CGOB. But it kind of ties into this next question because, of course, there'll be long trips home for the folks who are at the World Cup. But if we look to the NHL, the Jets split the weekend with their West Coast trip to Vancouver, two games in 24 hours, then followed up by Silver Winnipeg for a game tomorrow night, then back on the road again. I mean, I'm running out of breath just explaining their schedule, Derek, and I get that teams go through it, but you've covered a lot of different teams over the years. What kind of impact can ha- travel have? Yeah, they take charter planes, but they still have different time zones to c- contend with. They still have to get to the airport at a certain time. How can that impact a team? Yeah, and, and it was two starts, not even 24 hours apart, right? There was 7 o'clock local time in Vancouver, and then the 5 o'clock start in Seattle yesterday. And yeah, you're right. It's not like traveling like we would have to do or like players did back in the day. But but still, I mean, 22 hours between professional hockey games is, is so rough. And then you finish the first game and you get out of Vancouver, I don't know, by midnight and you get into your hotel and you're finally able to to settle in it, you know, your, your, your sleep time is thrown off. You don't you necessarily get the morning skate you're used to and, and everything's a little different. And the Jets started that game really well, right? Shifley's goal off a beautiful pass from Morsi was the way to go. And they're two, one, but then eventually it just looks like it, it ate them up and you get that, you know, you get that in the schedule and it's, you know, it's no reason to, it's no reason that you're going to say, Hey, we, this is awful. We can't have this. It's just one of those realities of sports and, Results like that, a 3-2 loss to Seattle, are just the reality of it. Uh, fortunately, in that busy January, they only have a couple of those back-to-backs. But, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things in the schedule. And as fans, we kind of have to accept that sometimes they're gonna they're not going to look their best. Derek, as we switch to the CFL and the schedule, lots of complaints about the CFL schedule. For the Blue Bombers in particular, no visit to Toronto. Like, the Grey Cup rematch should be game one, week one, no? That, it, it absolutely should. It's it, That's pretty common. And and no, and it, there are some, some weird ones like that. There's their own Grey Cup rematch in week one, and the teams only play the one time when they come to uh, – to Winnipeg. One of the biggest stories of the CFL offseason was the trade of Bo Levi Mitchell to Hamilton. He may sign in Hamilton if he does. Hamilton doesn't play in Calgary this season. Uh, last year, Toronto didn't come to Winnipeg. The Andrew Harris storyline. Uh, the year before that, uh, there was no game with Paul Lapolis's Ottawa Red Blacks against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There's always something in the CFL schedule. I thought they did a really good job this year. But just missing these absolutely obvious storylines, which are enormous, is is an absolute head scratcher for me sometimes. So yeah, uh, at least there's three games against the Riders. That's great for Bomber fans to put you know three W's on the board against the Green Team. But <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're right, Brendan. It's it just it, it sometimes it just baffles as to 
the the obvious things that we can all see that that end up not being on the schedule. Well, we'll have to uh, get to this story later on and and another day. But just sad news out of uh, Tennessee: Edmonton Elks running back Christian Salisbury killed over the weekend. That's just rough news all the way around. Yeah, uh, apparently shot while at a party. You know, a, a late night at a party, and uh, it's another. I mean, twice in in his coaching tenure in the CFL, Chris Jones the Elks head coach has had, had one of his players murdered in the offseason. It's just, it's it's awful. 25 years old, Salisbury, and I was re-watching one of the Elks games last night, and there he was just, you know, guys that are that young, that's it's it's too young, and for a guy who was living out his dream, just, it's it's awful all the way around, and just, yeah, you just hope it never happens again, but life is life is cruel sometimes. Derek Taylor is the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Derek, thank you very much, sir. Pleasure as always. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Loren McNabb is broadcasting from the airport today. We're talking about the return of travel. We're talking reunions. And if you missed it at 7.35, Loren put together a, rem- a remarkable feature on the emotions that one sees at the hug rug. And Sylvia, for example, says, I just finished listening to the beautiful piece about the hugs people receive at the airport. While I was putting on my makeup, tears welled up Aww. in my eyes. I had to rewash my face and put on new makeup. So uh, I guess, well done, Loren? Well, I so there was four different families I interviewed for that story, as, along with an airport ambassador, and I teared up in person at every single one because in fact there's that one woman who we spoke to who just found out she was about to be a grandma again and I said I came over to ask why you're crying so she tells me why shows me the ultrasound and then I started crying she's like no I made you cry and I was like it's happy they're happy tears I think and that's why we're asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us a story about a reunion, whether it's travel-related or not. And what does Gail have for us, Greg? I went to my cousin's wedding in Chicago back in the 80s. I had not seen my aunt and uncle for about 15 years. At that time, my cousin was 12, and I would have been about 7. I flew into O'Hare Airport, and we had to sit on the tarmac for about 20 minutes waiting for then-President Ronald Reagan to get off the tarmac and Air Force One to taxi away. Once we finally got into the terminal, come down the stairs, there are my aunt and uncle with a sign saying, Gail, with her last name, welcome to the Windy City. I got the biggest bear hug from her. My uncle gave me a sweet kiss on the cheek. She said that was, she was glad uh, she made the sign as I changed a lot since the last time she had seen me. That's great, Gail. I've always wanted the sign. Have you ever had the sign at the airport? Yeah, my brother. I think that's how you know sign. you've really arrived. Oh, yeah. Like you fall and I'm I'm waiting for Ms. McNabb, you know, and it's like a limo driver. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should. That's do what it. I need in life. Next time, if I'm ever in a situation where I got to pick somebody up, I'll have to bring the sign. Yeah, and then so I they get can into, see that, and then you get into the the POS, into the uh, uh, Honda Civic uh, with the uh, <laughs> missing uh, side view mirror and the broken antenna, that sort of thing. You know, <laughs> no limousine for you. No. But our winner for the Manitoba Moose tickets is Nathan P. And Nathan, <laughs> speaking of me with this one, reunion. I live 35, because this story did not go where I expected. I live 35 minutes south of Steinbach in Sundown, Manitoba. Because of this distance, it's not exactly conducive to run down to the local grocery store every time we are short on something. Combine this with being under the weather in November, and I wasn't just, I wasn't able to pick up essentials for nearly two months. Anyways, I finally made it to town, and as I entered the grocery store, I just knew that a reunion was at hand. I walked up and down a couple of aisles, looking hopefully for what I was missing, and bam! There she was! At that moment, it was clear that this Christmas was going to be the best ever. I walked up, and with trembling fingers, I grabbed her. The package of brown gravy mix (laughs) was mine! I held her close to my cheek, and I knew that all was going to be all right. And I doubled, I actually doubled over with laughter. I just, my face went to the desk, started howling with laughter, because I thought he was talking about a person. And then it's the gravy. And even better, Loren, over the weekend, I got together with, uh, I went out Friday with my friend Mike for the annual uh, December sort of neighborhood bounce around uh, 
pub crawl. And then Saturday, I got together with my friend Steve, and uh, he bought me a really thoughtful gift. But then he bought me a gag gift as well, which it, it will be used, it, uh, like a four-liter bag of uh, poutine gravy mix. <laughs> oh, you'll use that? That's a great gift. Yeah. Um, can I tell That's you something? a lot something? of mix, though. Can I tell you something, Loren? Do you like the gravy? Do you mm-hmm. do you make the gravy at home? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, like you know, in some ways, I, I use the package when I'm in a pinch. Okay. If you have the real thing, that's better. Okay. Well, the package you might want to stock up on those. I have it on fairly good authority that one of the next shortages we may see in the new year, packaged gravy. No. Yes. Come on. Why? Apparently, it has to do with a shortage of cornstarch. Oh, boy. One of the base ingredients in that gravy. No gravy. That's a that's calamitous news. Just saying. It's what I've heard sharing with you this morning. Okay. In the meantime, Nathan, you are going to see the Manitoba what Moose. What will they take from us next? You know? <laughs> What's next? I just did. That came over, man. It's best Bill Paxton and Aliens. Game over, man. <laughs> Game over. No more gravy. What am I going to have in my poutine? It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Loren has been broadcasting live this morning from the airport. She's going to sit out this segment because she is collecting more information for tomorrow. Because tomorrow, like today at 7.35, we did her feature on the hug rug. And the emotions that you can experience, that you can see on that hug rug. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk about the science, the psychology of hugging and ask you the question, are you a hugger? Speaking of questions, question of the day at cjob.com. For credit aid, struggling with debt, call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. As we head into the heart of the holidays, is travel for you or loved ones part of the mix? And so far at cjob.com, we've got 17% say yes, friends and family are coming here. 10% say yep, escaping the cold. 7% say no, not until the new year. And 66% say no, not going anywhere. Cast your vote, cjob.com. As many of us get ready to celebrate Christmas and New Year's this coming weekend and next, members of the Jewish community began a several-night celebration of their own. Joining us this morning on the start is Rabbi... Cleel Rose, good morning and happy Hanukkah, Rabbi. Good morning and happy Hanukkah to you as well. We, we, so we have to begin with a critical question here. Uh, uh, yeah. Is it the C-H or just the H to spell Hanukkah? <laughs> that, is a, that is a long-standing discussion in North America for sure. Uh, so I, I pronounce it Hanukkah. Uh, and, but it's certainly just fine to say Hanukkah as well. Okay, so you do a, a little bit of the ha in there. You try to get a little bit of the ha. Yeah, the hard uh, guttural ha. Exactly. So last night was the first night of eight nights, if my, if my research, my memory is not letting me down. Are they all the same, Rabbi Rose? Yeah, it depends on what you mean by the same, but um, e- each night... Um, is considered to be a, a process of stepping up and increasing the light in a world that is filled with darkness. So, um, you know, it's not to say, so to answer your initial question, it's not that one night is, uh, there's no hierarchy necessarily, but there is an ascending order of how we light the, the candles and we have a sense that we are increasing light um, into a world where, where darkness is really uh features so prominently, especially at this time of the year. So what do traditional celebrations look like in Hanukkah? You know, it's really interesting. Hanukkah is actually considered to be a minor holiday in the Jewish uh, tradition. Uh, That doesn't mean that it's not significant. Of course, it has a lot of significance. But over time, especially in North America, it has developed uh, some serious cultural uh, roots and uh, and part of that is the proximity its proximity to Christmas I'm sure generally speaking most years it falls relatively close to Christmas not not all the time because we have a different calendar system we have a, uh, a quasi lunar calendar versus uh, the Gregorian calendar which is solar uh, in nature but uh, yeah it 
that's uh, that's. I think that answers part of the question, correct? <laughs> and in terms of cel- like, are there any sort of cel- celebrations or celebra- oh, celebratory yeah, activities? Yeah. That, that absolutely. The- yeah. So I should uh, should have been clear. Um, you know, one of the great things about Hanukkah is it can be celebrated in one's home, and it also can be celebrated in communal settings. So. Um, the core of, of the celebration takes place around the lighting of what we refer to as the Hanukkah, the special candelabra for the holiday of Hanukkah, uh, which some people refer to as a menorah, but it's actually a Hanukkah because it's, it has nine um, candles as opposed to a regular menorah, which just has seven. So what's and uh, yeah, many... Many communities, many uh, congregations, many, uh, um, you know, even if they're not religious in nature, will gather together and do something kind of festive. We'll have special meals. Um, one of the common delicacies uh, in Ashkenazi Jewish uh, communities, that is Jews who descend from Eastern Europe, uh, is to include foods that are heavy with oil. <laughs> so the, the latke features very prominently in people's meals. I think uh, our good friend Cam Poitras uh, gave us a little bit of a look at the latka. Yeah. Uh, but can you remind us again, because uh, there's there's a, a jelly-filled uh, donut-like uh, food that's uh, a part of the celebrations, if I'm not mistaken. Is, is, is that the one? No, the latka is the uh, potato pancake. Oh, yes, of and, course. Yeah, and there are a variety of different recipes that people um, use. Uh, including uh, ones that are vegan these days or gluten-free. Um, and then I think the, the donut you're referring to the, is what we might call in English a jam buster, and in Hebrew it's called a sufganiya. Uh, it also has flour and, uh, and oil, and, uh, you know, the idea is to really sweeten the holidays. So there are different ways that over the years uh, each community has brought a a way to make the uh, the holiday seem more festive. Love latkes, good latkes at uh, Bernstein's, I think, on uh, Cord. And hey, what's your favorite part of of Hanukkah? Yeah, my absolute favorite part is I think there's just uh, as I see in the general community with Christmas, there's just a really lovely, um, good vibes, good good feelings that people bring towards one another. And I know that some people think, well, you know, why isn't that something that's sustained throughout the whole year? But uh, I think if there's an opportunity to, to heighten the joy in our lives and to make people more aware of others, then that's, uh, that's a big accomplishment. And so I think that's what I love is just the communal sense um, and the, the ability to be together with my family. Last night, I have a large family large immediate family and uh, just to be able to see my kids together lighting the candles and singing together and then enjoying a really delicious meal that was uh, that was the highlight um, the other thing I just want to make sure to include is this is also an opportunity for us to remember people who are less fortunate and to ensure that we are speaking out on their on their behalf and bringing light to them Rabbi Khaliel Rose is our guest this morning. We're, we're learning a little bit about Hanukkah and bringing, bringing the community together in an overall sense in these celebrations, the Festival of Light, and of course lights are a big part of Christmas and, and, and other traditional celebrations in other cultures. Rabbi, it, is it important that we, that we find the, the commonalities between these celebrations in order to, to help us understand each other better and ultimately get along better? Yeah, absolutely. I think you just really hit it on the head. Um, you know, if this is an opportunity for people to become more aware of each other's customs and uh, values, then that's a great way to, to bridge the community. Um, you know, I, I don't want to bring us down a level here, uh, but, but we do know that there's, a, there's been a, a rapid increase of anti-Semitism. There's been a rapid increase in Islamophobia. And so if we can, we can counter um, hatred and bigotry with, with ways that bring people together joyously, then I think it's really so valuable. No, moving, looking past 
Hanukkah, I, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just kind of remembering this now, but one of our former producers uh, is Jewish, and she un- re- revealed to me a tradition that I didn't know was a tradition for many Jewish people. Is it Was it Christmas Eve, Mackling? Chinese food on Christmas Eve? <laughs> is that a thing, Rabbi? <coughs> that You know, it, uh, I don't know how formal it is, but it has become <laughs> a common a common tradition in many Jewish communities, certainly in North America, for people to go out for Chinese food. And, uh, yeah, why not? Um, I think, again, if there's an opportunity for people to get together and enjoy a, a delicious meal and, and elevate the, the conversations they have and, and enjoy each other's company, then that's fabulous. Okay, so now now I have to ask a real hard-hitting question here before we let you go. The, <laughs> sure. the, the Hanukkah song from Adam Sandler, under any circumstance, or what circumstance, can we play that? Can we participate? Can we sing? Is it, is it something you embrace, something you shun? I'm very interested on your opinion on this song. Oh, wow. I knew I'd have to weigh in on one of these more difficult issues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'll be honest. Personally, I love it. I... I like the fact that Adam Sandler really owns his Judaism. I, I don't really, I, I don't know him personally, uh, but I like the fact, one of the positives is that in the 90s when he wrote that song, is it started to bring attention not only to Hanukkah, but to, to Judaism. I think, um, you know, what, what people forget, I grew up in this city, and um, there was, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s and even in the early 90s, there wasn't a lot of attention being given to other holidays outside of Christmas at this time of the year. So someone like an Adam Sandler really put a spotlight on, on another tradition. Um, and it, it so happens to be my own, which I really appreciate. Um, and it, of course he brings a, a comedic approach to it, which is fun. And, uh, so I'm, I'm in favor of it. You know, I, some of his lyrics are a little, uh, you know, and uh, things he insinuates are a little uh, odd, but uh, <laughs> I think there's—I I really do think there's something valuable in it. And if, if nothing more, it's—it's it's brought people to people from outside the Jewish community to say, "Hey, let me—I want to know more about this." And I think it also, in some ways, if I can be serious for a moment, yep. it makes—it makes, it makes pe- Jewish people like me feel a little bit more proud. You know, somebody who has that kind of celebrity status can talk openly about being Jewish, um, that's, that's a real boost for us because, there were, again, there was a long time where we didn't feel like we could be so public about who we were. And so that's, uh, that's a terrific thing. Well, Rabbi Cleel Rose, thank you very much for joining us this morning to, you know, just get, kind of give us a, a peek through the window. We like to, you know, we like to learn about this stuff just as much as our, as our listeners do. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Really, my pleasure. Appreciate it. And uh, happy holidays to everyone listening. And uh, happy Hanukkah to you as well, sir. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Yeah, you got it. Bye-bye.